Hello, everybody. Welcome to my second episode of my podcast. I'm so excited. This has really been, you know, in some ways a pipe dream. I didn't think I would be able to get to this point. But here we are, and it's so it's so exciting. Probably not such a great segue, but in this episode, we're going to be talking about grieving. And, you know, it doesn't sound... I know I had promised more positive episodes, and I think that this will be. The, the title of this episode just isn't seemingly the most positive. Also, whatever your connotation with words... Words are so fun. But basically, in this episode, we're going to talk about grieving, specifically how I'm feeling nowadays. And I'm sure a lot of us as a collective can relate. I hope. So when I say grieving, you know, it could mean in a literal sense or a metaphorical sense. You know, my friend Pickles, her dog actually died. So that is, that is grieving over the loss of an amazing puppy, which she, she really lived like multiple lifetimes and she helped so many people. Probably the most impactful a dog could make life is what she was. And others are grieving of the life that they knew. And especially, you know, COVID, probably in the beginning of COVID, we were doing a lot of grieving and saying goodbye to what we had, depending on what your truth is with COVID as well. But just saying goodbye to what we thought was normal. And now that we're, you know, there's there's seemingly a light at the end of this tunnel out of COVID. And, you know, everybody's saying, I can't wait to get back to normal. You know, I, I can't wait to get back to normal. And my question is, what is normal? What does normal mean to you? Normal to me... I mean, normal is the way I was living before COVID happened, you know, working my nine to five, going into work, spending time with my partner at home, doing house things, not really connecting with others as much as I am now. And basically my point is was normal what we really wanted was previous prior to covid was that what we really wanted at least for myself i can say that it wasn't what i wanted and you know even though you know during this time we've lost a lot of people and loved ones and people have gotten sick and that's incredibly unfortunate In the same breath, though, COVID has given us time to really live in the present and slow down. 
in this society and this patriarchal society, it's go, go, go. Don't look back. Worry about the future. Keep going. Don't stop. Don't breathe. Don't be present. And I'm just coming to learn that that is not what I like. I I love to be present and in the moment because really the present is all we have. We don't know what's going to happen in the future and we can't change the past. So being present is so important. And honestly, it's even though time is going by fast, depending on what you're doing, time is time is a weird crazy thing, right? <laughs> it time's wild, but I was always, you know, even even when I'm older, I'm still probably going to be like, where did the time go? But I genuinely think that when time is going by so fast, it could be, well, either you're having an amazing time or you're not necessarily living in the present. And being conscious and aware is so important. Again, I'm going to plug in that book. How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicole LaPera. It's genuinely taught me how, how to be present and just work, just live in the moment because I think that that's so important. And COVID allowed us to slow down. A lot of people lost their jobs. Hopefully, hopefully it was for the better. I mean, I think everything happens for a reason, right? And life isn't all about work and feeling obligated to keep doing the job that you need to because of fear, because of not having money and fear of not having money holds us back from a lot of things like doing anything, <laughs> you know, um, I think we're putting a pause on this right now, but Cameron and I were talking about having a baby and we were trying for a little bit. And I feel, I feel that one of my life's purposes is to be a mom. And I love kids. I just love kids. And I know Cameron's going to be an amazing dad. So we, we were at a point trying to have kids and I've slowed down and realize that I want to be worrying about myself a little bit longer. <laughs> but the reason we weren't trying to have kids was because I was telling Cameron, you know, well, both of us were saying we need to have savings. We need to have money in the bank. We need to have at least $10,000 in savings just in case anything comes up. And honestly, I don't think if we were really going to stick with that, I don't think we'd ever have a baby. I mean, I'm worthy of all the money, right? But it's just putting, it's just limiting ourselves and not listening to our intuition, more our brain and the logical and that's really the masculine energy is planning and worrying about the future. And I think one day I was looking at a baby and I'm like, wow, I want a baby. And 
we can't worry about the future. No one can worry about the future because no one knows what the future holds. So living in the moment and just trusting, that's really what it is, is trusting the process and trusting that everything is going to be okay is so important. And COVID allowed us that time to live in the moment and slow down and question things around us and have an introspective time. It's kind of like when, this is how I see it, is when Mother Nature, it's raining and the conditions aren't aren't allowable to be outside. It's Mother Nature's way of kind of pushing us inside. Not that I'm saying this is the same, I'm, I'm more relating it to introspection. COVID allowed introspection, and when when the weather is not ideal for being outside, that's kind of Mother, Mother Nature's way of kind of forcing us to be introspective, and I think that I think that we all need a lot of that, a lot more of that. It's, it's so easy to put on the TV or talk about other people or worrying about other things that aren't ourselves. Even though it's hard and challenging, looking inwards is the most important thing that we can do, each and every one of us. And if that's a hard thing to do, I ask you, why is it a hard thing to do? And it is, no, I'm actually acknowledging it is a hard thing to do. But it's really about healing yourself and being the best version of yourself and see, and being the change that you want to see in this world. And that's really living with integrity and purpose and I think that's so important. And basically after, you know, after this time, I've realized that the way I was, the way it was, the normal that it was before, is not what I want. I don't want to go back to that. I, I've had a lot of clarity and a lot of time for to look inwards and I know what I want and I'm curious if all of you what all of you feel are you guys excited to go back to exactly the way things were are you looking for something different like me maybe there are some things that worked for you that aren't working now and vice versa So, like I was saying, the beginning of my healing journey was meeting my first mentor at that moving out sale. And that was basically the first day of the rest of my life. You know, at that time, I was still very much paranoid about COVID. And I'm not judging anybody for how they feel. If you feel scared, it's very understandable to feel scared, 100%. If you're not scared, I understand that too. 
you know, and I'm not judging anybody for how they feel. Everybody has the right to feel however they want to feel. But after I met my mentor and my first one, the world just opened up to me and it was like I was a new, a new person after that. So I'm going to go over some of the things that have changed my life. And well, if you can't tell by this podcast cover, I won't glaze over it. If you can tell by the podcast cover, what my number one tool is for healing and my journey, that is what it is. And plant medicine is such a powerful tool and there's a lot of negative connotation with it. And that's a damn shame. But honestly, if, if it were, if it did have a more positive connotation, if it was, you know, not illegal in some places, the world would look a lot different. Let me tell you. So without naming it, I went on a journey, my first journey last year. And it was great. It was outside, enjoying the nature, all of that. It was, it was incredible. Everything was in HD. It was, it was very special. So I, I meet my first mentor and she connects me with my second mentor. And my second mentor is, is medicine woman. She is She's not who I want to be, but she has a lot of qualities and a lot of knowledge that I want to have (laughs) as well. And, you know, she has brought me this plant medicine for ceremony for healing. And so my, I was with a couple of friends at my house and it was, it was actually, I want to say it was May and it had just snowed the night before. So this is me giving you an example of how I feel the universe slash mother nature encourages us to be outside because of, is it inclement, inclement weather? And because it was all snowy, we weren't necessarily dying to go outside. I was dying to go on a journey and we did that and we both, we all felt called to Sorry, I thought a sneeze was coming up. I'm not editing this, so you'll you'll hear the bodily bodily things if it comes up. <laughs> but we weren't dying to go outside and then we did feel the urge to go outside and we did. And we were outside and it was still snowy, but there was like perfect um a perfect clearing under each tree. And I actually have an oak tree in the back named Ernie and he was with us with our first, first time. And it was a great time. And there was a nice clearing for us specifically for us. It seemed that he was just saving space for us (laughs) and we were outside and, Oh, I just felt this overwhelming sense of like freezingness and just really vulnerable. And I had to go inside. 
and because the universe was also telling me, Lizzie, you need to go inside. It's time for introspection. When you're outside, it's harder to go inwards. So I went to my basement and I like to think of my basement as my womb, as the womb because it has pink fiberglass. So it's kind of like, kind of like stuffing. If you haven't seen fiberglass before, it's kind of like stuffing in stuffed animals or pillows and it's just pink on the ceiling and it really reminds me of a womb and it sounds crazy to say but I was totally reborn in that basement in the basement that I I'm not in it right now but it was so intense and so uncomfortable when you're going through serious changes they're incredibly uncomfortable so now I, I'll answer the why. Why is it uncomfortable to look inwards? Because it's incredibly uncomfortable. And that's really where the changes occur is when, you feeling, when you're feeling super com- uncomfortable. And I think it's crucial, to be honest, though at least feeling uncomfortable. But yeah, <laughs> I was going through a really uncomfortable time. I was pretty nauseous the entire time. And it was dark and um, there was this blanket that was holding me through it. And once I got to the other side, I was able to come upstairs and rejoin one of my friends and was able to share my experiences because basically when I was in that state, I closed my eyes and it was like spitfire questions. Like, why is it? Why is this happening? Why did this happen? Why is this going on? And all of my answers, all of my questions being answered, just rapid fire. And there was a lot of knowledge and information going on and a lot to take in. And to be honest, why I feel I am so far along my journey, even though I've only started maybe a few, four months ago, is because of the plant medicine, it basically, it just speeds up your journey so fast because a lot is going on and it's just such a powerful, powerful tool. And if anybody is interested on this, in this, like message me on Instagram, healing is my biz. I'm thinking about doing, you know, a workshop or two and providing more knowledge at least the knowledge that I'm aware of with this plant medicine, because I feel like it could help so many people. And if you know me, I've probably mentioned it before and I'm not saying it for my, well, no, I'm not saying it for my health. I'm saying it as it could be a benefit for the collective, all of us. And I'm definitely not going to keep, I mean, my purpose I feel is to be medicine woman. So yeah. Um, and ever since then, that's really, that's really where my journeys have been, have started. And that has introduced me to my newfound spirituality. I, I never was a very religious or spiritual person. I, I claimed as agnostic when I was in high school 
me and my friend would say we were agnostic because we just didn't know. And then I kind of was thinking, you know, everything happens for a reason, right? But also thinking that there was no, no higher being. But I feel like those are two conflicting ideologies, you know, and ever since I was able to, you know, I've met these amazing people and I've experienced this plant medicine and I've been reading books and just, just obtaining so much information. I've come to realize, at least for me, that there is, there is a higher power and of course, whatever you believe in is so perfect. If you believe in nothing, that's also so perfect, you know? I'm just sharing what I believe in. In case you're curious, I'm not trying to push my beliefs on anybody. But in case you resonate, I do want to share. But so basically, if you know me, I love bees. My mom calls me bee. I'm just very drawn to bees. And to me, what is happening, what the higher power is, when I say Mother Nature, when I say universe, those are the same things. And I also think of like queen bee. Like we're all bees, but there's a queen bee. And I like to think of God as goddess. I like to think that the goddess is a woman. I think that Women are so powerful and we, I mean, we need the help of, you know, the sperms, but we create life on this earth, you know? And I think that women are overshadowed. Is that a word? You know, we're not recognized as the incredible, powerful people that we are, you know? I can have a freaking baby. I can make a baby inside of me and create humans. And not only take care of myself, but I can take care of my baby. Men can take care of babies as well, but I mean, we create like babies' nutrition and food comes from us, from the women. We're just incredible creatures and we deserve all the praise. So, learning more about it, we're all divine creatures as well. You might think that, you know, oh no, we're just going to die and we're, I mean, you can think this, of course, you can think whatever you want, but, you know, you know, some people think that we die and that's it and we're just nothingness after we die and to me, well, even in science, you know, energy cannot be destroyed. It can only be transferred or whatever the other word is, okay? But energy just can't be destroyed. And though our physical bodies might age due to gravity and just deterioration, deterioration, yeah, we'll go with it, and and all of that, I believe that everybody has a soul and everybody, honestly, we're just a bunch of gods and goddesses, but there is like this higher power that is higher than 
us as gods and goddesses. So yeah, that's really what I think. And then I, I really, I love asking people what they believe in. That's one of my favorite questions. And Ooh, maybe I'll make that a question for when I have guests on here is what do you believe in? Because I think that that's so powerful and everybody, you know, has their own little spin to it. And I think that that's really cool. And there's a reason why we think these, these things and this way, you know? So I believe that when we die, we're kind of just like energies floating in the earth and depending on your role as well. I'm hoping my second mentor will come on and explain this as well. But depending on our roles, I think, I think that everybody on this planet is meant to be a light worker slash healer and helping everybody on their journey while they help themselves on their journey. And those people who, you know, fulfill their life's purpose, they, when they die, they have the option to either reincarnate or just live the rest of their existence in just everywhere, just being everywhere. And those who, I guess, and those who don't, I think they just reincarnate until, until they learn. So, I mean, I personally don't know how many lives I've lived. I think my granny said that she's lived at least a thousand, I want to say. And I think that that's just so fascinating. I think it's so interesting. And you might think that this is woo-woo, and that's fine, you know. But you're listening to this, and I'm trying to... I mean, I'm not trying to. I am planting seeds into your brain. And at least, you know... Um, giving you a different perspective. I think different perspectives are super important, but also hanging out with like-minded people is super, super important too. So basically, yes, I feel like I've done this before, which I feel, you know, explains why I am so young. And I just feel this is my life purpose is to help everybody. And part of posting this podcast is helping serve my life's purpose, which is so darn exciting. I, I just couldn't wait to start recording, to be honest, <laughs> and talk to you lovely people. So, oh, my next one was newfound purpose. And it's so darn true. I, I don't know if you've noticed, if you're on Instagram, if you've been following me, if you've known me from the past, I would never post on Instagram or social media, I would, well, actually, I'll say this. The most recent time I was posting on Instagram before I started this healing journey was when I actually got dumped by (laughs) my first boyfriend. And the reason for that was because I was looking for external validation. And, you know, when you get that external validation on Instagram or other social media, you know, it makes you feel better for a little bit. And oh, my heart breaks for Lizzie who, you know, felt the need to do that. But basically, after I started this journey, I wanted to post on Instagram because 
I just realized what my life's purpose is, is to help everybody and as many people as I possibly can, you know? So, yas. And I wrote down books. Books have really helped me find my purpose. How to do the work really helped me do the work, you know? Do the work that I needed to do to heal myself, reparent myself, follow my intuition, breathing, meditating, low belly breaths, so many good things. And also having the space and understanding for my parents and people I may have not had the patience and understanding for before. Journaling has really helped me too. That book actually really helped me to like learning and getting back into the journaling. And I actually, Cameron and I found this gem. <laughs> it was when I was in 10th grade and it was kind of like comic strips that I had made. It was my version of journaling. And it's so funny because <laughs> they're just stick figures. And it was just me being obsessive about boys and just 16-year-old me just, ugh. Yes, life was just so simple back then. Well, so it's just funny to look back. And also, it sparked back a lot of memories. So part of me wanted to journal so that I could go back and read, you know, read what I was doing and how I was. And hopefully being able to remember in case I had a hard time doing that, to be honest. And when I, when I write in my journal, I mean, I'm definitely not necessarily talk like, I'm not talking shit, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to publish this. I want to publish my journal and my diary, you know? It, it, especially if you're journaling and someone looks at that without your consent and permission, it's a complete invasion of privacy. But in this instance, I would be giving my consent to everybody who wanted to read it. And let me know if you have seen other books that are someone's actual diary, because I would be di I would die to want to see that. <laughs> Words. <laughs> I would love to see that if that actually exists. I'm sure it does, but I just think that it would be so cool if I could publish my own and I'm, I would hope that it could help other people and get even a more intimate perspective of me and <clears throat> my journey because you can, when you read it in chronological order, you can just, it's just gets more and more elevated. If you know what I mean, like even the writing, even the quality and the readability of my writing has gotten better because I'm practicing and I'm getting to know myself more. So if you're someone who wants to get to know yourself more, I highly recommend journaling. And if journaling isn't comfortable for you, getting it out somehow, for example, talking to you through this podcast, it's really, this is a form of journaling and video journaling on Instagram or any other form of social media. And honestly, 
I have so many plants um, and they're all alive, of course, right? They're all alive and they all have energy associated with them. Everything has energy. And if you don't feel comfortable doing any of that, just talking to a plant will freaking help you. And I know that sounds so silly, but it's so true. You know, as long as you're getting those thoughts, those thoughts that are buried deep down out of you, it's going to help you so much. And it might feel a little weird and uncomfortable, but I, I promise you, you're going to feel better after you get that stuff out of, out of, off of your chest and feeling it too, feeling the feels and letting, letting the emotion take over you so that you can just feel it and then let it go. Because if we keep suppressing stuff um, and keeping it inside, it's just going to be swept under the rug and that rug is just going to get so darn bumpy and it's just going to keep rearing its ugly head when you could just deal with it and even though it's uncomfortable, dealing with it, you know, maybe once or twice is just seemingly better than, you know, at random times or just keeps coming up type of thing. Another thing that I haven't been doing as much is meditating and breathing. And I think meditating, actually, no, I do yoga and I consider that I consider it part, part of meditating and breathing, but meditating and breathing, they don't even have to be the same thing. Meditating to me is trying to clear your head and live in the moment. But if things come up, that's perfectly fine. Just basically, if you're just sitting there and breathing, focusing on your lower belly breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. And you're focusing on your breath, really. And if things come up, that's totally fine. We'll just say thank you for coming up. But I'm going to focus on my breath right now. And just having grace and compassion for yourself, which will allow you to have grace and compassion for everybody else. Spoiler. But uh, it's so important and it's so crucial to living in the moment as well. Breathing and focusing on your breath, as well as focusing on the sensations around you, like um, what does it feel underneath your body? You know, I'm sitting in a chair, so it feels really comfortable. And maybe it smells like incense. Maybe it smells like fresh air or rain or anything. Maybe it feels really, really warm or comfortable and you see what do you see you know I see bright colors all around me that type of thing so when you're focusing on the senses it forces you to be present and be in the moment instead of your mind wandering and stuff like that my next thing is running and yoga and if you ever knew me I was one to say running sucks. I hate running. Running is the worst. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny now. Um, but on this healing journey, I just want to be the best version I can be. And I want to take care of myself. That's 
that's a huge part of this is wanting to take care of yourself and knowing how to take care of yourself. And I didn't see this a lot growing up. You know, I love you, mom, but I really didn't. And like, honestly, I would have a hard time wanting to take a shower. You know, I, I still kind of have a hard time taking a shower, but when I'm running and exercising, it's forcing me to take a shower because I'm sweaty, at least more apparently so. So running, you know, has been a way that I can easily just, I don't have to learn how to do, how to really do anything. Maybe there, I mean, I know there is proper, proper form when you're running, and that'll be something that I add to my list of things to do. But, you know, all I have to do is run. And I have, well, me and Cameron have a decent amount of land here. And I'm able to just run. A, I started off running one lap and now I can do two laps. And it's probably a little over half a mile. You know, nothing crazy. But it's a good way for me to build up those endorphins and just feel accomplished and good about myself. And I feel I, I didn't exercise today, but every time I do, I just feel so much better. And I thought that was bullshit when I first heard of it, but it's so true. It makes you feel so much better. And when I was first starting to run, my partner was saying, you should potentially, you know, stretch after. And I was thinking, you know, I love yoga. Yoga was always like in and out of my life, especially in college. It was very much in my life during college. And I know some poses. So I basically, I'll go outside, depending on the weather as well. If I'll go outside with my yoga mat, and I will do a few poses, and then I'll go for my run. And then I'll end with yoga again and it's it's wonderful and allows me to also be in nature i didn't write that down but being in nature is so important and you know that's really how our ancestors lived was in nature and if you ever feel overwhelmed or just need a break go outside and breathe in the fresh air and listen to the birds and the different sounds that you hear Nature is so magical, and I never appreciated it before, but can appreciate it so much more now. And I'll go into my new journey that I'm approaching and nature, because nature has very much inspired me. Eating nutritiously and consciously. Oh my goodness. So... At that bonfire at my first mentor's place, I met a new friend who is vegan and, you know, posts on Instagram about eating consciously and like where your food is coming from. And I, you know, would go to my favorite meal was Wendy's. I can't even tell you. Actually, no, I could tell you the last time I had Wendy's, but that was only because I was desperate for food. Not that I'm judging you if you like Wendy's. I, I can't blame you. Wendy's is tasty, but just, just being conscious about what I was consuming and how I was feeling after I consumed it. I think that that's such an important thing 
that we aren't really taught is to listen to our bodies and pay attention to how our bodies are feeling after we're eating something. And I was doing that and I was like, wow, I really don't like the way this makes me feel. And also with meat, for example, if, you know, you're buying, we'll say for, we'll say chicken. So if you're eating chicken and it's not, you know, locally sourced or harvested slash maintained in an ethical, what's it, humane way and you know maybe the chicken the chicken that you're eating had really high cortisol levels because it was really really stressed all the time because they're packed in tight tight cages or what have you they're just on top of each other not that I won't assume that's how a lot of them do it but I feel like it is and that's really how they make money right is If it was more humane, it would cost more and all of that. So when we're eating food unconsciously, the the energy that was in that animal, we're, we're consuming that energy. It doesn't just go away, right? It's energy isn't destroyed. It's only transferred. And so basically the idea is when you're eating chicken who maybe they had really high cortisol levels, that cortisol is in the chicken and you're eating that and you're putting that stress directly and literally in your body. So being able to acknowledge that is so important and how you feel, just feel your body after you, after you eat, you know, if you're eating your favorite meal or, or anything. Just listen to your body and feel your body and how it feels after you do that. That really changed my life. <laughs> um, so not just the the things that you're consuming, but also the content you're consuming. So, you know, I got my Instagram when I was like 13 or whenever it came out, if it was, if it was later than that. And of course, I'm not the same person I was yesterday let alone the same person I was when I was 13. So after reading that how to do the workbook, she had put emphasis on being aware of the content you're consuming. And I finally opened my eyes and was like, wow, these posts aren't making me feel good. You know, I, I always thought I was like too fat or You know, I could never look like that. I could never, like, no matter what I do, I'm not going to look like that. And that's very, very true. And so basically, going through your feed, going through my feed at least, I was recognizing what made me feel good, how it made me feel in my body. This can go with literally anything. Anything that you're doing, listen to your body and how your body's responding. So, when I'm going and I'm looking at the Kardashians or any other model or celebrity and I would feel bad about myself, that was, you know, me telling myself I can't follow these people. So I unfollowed a lot of people. And now my Instagram is just filled with positivity 
and just good stuff. Good stuff that makes me feel good, which is why I'm on Instagram a lot. But yes, it's just so important. So if you're going through your feed and you're seeing things that don't make you feel good, unfollow because that's that's really what is so disheartening about social media is people post only only themselves at the perfect times and making it seem as though their life is is absolutely perfect. And it's not realistic. You know, it might make them feel good to have all of the validation on Instagram, but probably doesn't make us feel too good because our lives are not like that. Our lives aren't perfect. And to be honest, those people who are posting, their lives aren't perfect either. You know, it's just, we just can't see it. We're only seeing what they put in our face. So yeah, try to be conscious about the content you're consuming. And if you want positive content, follow me on Instagram. Healing is my biz, B-I-Z. And I post, I literally roll out of bed and I just roll out of bed and I put the camera on my face because that's realistic, you know? And, you know, I... I posted me crying because that's realistic too. Actually about the topic that we're talking about grieving. Um, and we're going to get into the reason I was crying a little bit more soon. Um, Ooh, I'm glad I wrote this down. I wrote realizing weed every day wasn't good for me. So I was listening to this amazing, amazing podcast Olivia Hannah, if you ever listen to it, that's so funny. It's so full circle because I was listening to her podcast and she basically, she also inspired me to do my own podcast. And she was saying how, you know, if you're doing drugs or something every day, you know, everything in moderation is fine, right? Or things in moderation I wouldn't say everything, but things in moderation are okay, right? And she was talking about how if you smoke or, you know, are doing things in an unhealthy way that we're using them to cope. Even watching TV, even watching excessive amounts of TV, because you're kind of addicted to the way it makes you feel. You know, I would only watch shows that made me happy and made me laugh. Only funny stuff because I was, I was really familiar and addicted to the way it made me feel. So with the weed, I was really using it as a coping skill and I was using it to cope with boredom because I was bored. And whenever I was bored, I would just smoke and be less bored, you know, And I think once you overdo it on certain plant medicines and other things, it kind of, it doesn't have the benefits anymore. It almost is doing you a disservice, if you know what I mean. Like I was getting really anxious and paranoid and it didn't feel good for me, but I would still do it because I was, I was my, even though it's not an addictive substance, I was still addicted to it if that makes sense. And I was addict I was using it as a coping mechanism for boredom. And 
it's not the healthiest thing. So me realizing that, you know, smoking every day didn't make me feel good, uh, changed my life. And I was finally able to stop. I thought I was going to be forced to stop because of the baby venture we were going to go on. And I just wanted to because I realized it didn't make my body feel good. So realizing what you do, whether that be drugs or (laughs) I shouldn't say drugs, whether that be, you know, yeah, certain substances or alcohol or anything else, try to listen to your body and see what it's telling you and how it makes you feel. And of course, no judgment if you're doing these things. No judgment at all. I'll never judge anybody ever. I promise you that. Another experience that it showed me was living in community and basically everybody supporting each other. So how our ancestors lived was was living in community, living in village and supporting each other with our own unique talents and living off of the land, having all of our innate needs met. You know, what do we really need? Shelter, water, and food. And that's, that's really all we need to survive. And just the bare necessities, you know what I mean? In this, in this society, it's hard to see that that that's all we need when, you know, I mean, at least for me, I have a ton of student debt because I was pressured to go to college and I have a, well, I don't have a car loan anymore, but you know, having to pay for my car in monthly installments, having to pay for insurance, having to pay for utilities and all the other things, you know, and I visited a community that was, it was just amazing. Just so many like-minded, wonderful people there who loved themselves and loved everybody else unconditionally and were there to support each other and uplift each other. And it was absolutely incredible that that helped me figure out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to live my life. So I'm going to go into the transition and the grieving, why I've been grieving a lot lately. And the reason for that is because I'm realizing the way that I'm living right now isn't, I mean, I'm, I'm getting back into alignment. I'm not out of alignment, but I'm getting back into alignment and it's not necessarily in alignment with my soul's purpose. I... I do accounting right now and we live in this amazing house. We have the American dream. The American dream is here and I'm living it. And I'm here to tell you it's not all it's cracked up to be. All right. I'm just getting real with y'all. And that's also, you know, it's also person by person basis. If the American dream is what you want and you're happy living the American dream, That's freaking awesome. I'm happy for you, you know? But I'm just here to say that the American dream is not my dream. And I just feel very trapped in my house. I have, we have an amazing house. You know, it's our dream home. 
And I feel very trapped in my home because I feel very tied to this mortgage payment that I have to make for the next 30 years, <laughs> you know, and I feel very trapped in the job that I'm doing right now because I feel I can't, I can't live in this house without doing the job that I'm doing because it pays very well. And I'm very, very appreciative for both of these things. Both my job and my house have given me so many opportunities and I'm so darn blessed and grateful, but I'm realizing that these things are not serving me anymore. And it's not my dream. My, my dream to be frank is to live in a community on land with other like-minded people who, you know, are supporting each other and being there for each other. And if you think that this is too crazy, that's, that's fine. I'm not here to convince you otherwise, just trying to give you a different perspective. And if you really want to know the real me, this is the real me too, <laughs> unapologetically. And if you don't love it, you don't have to listen to me either, which is the great thing about this. <laughs> and, you know, at least having that kind of freedom in the content you're consuming, you know, but yeah, I just feel very trapped and I feel like the timing is so right because it's a seller's market right now. And honestly, I never thought I would be going to live back with my mom. It's not set in stone yet, but. I think I'm going to go live with my mom and her, her man in their in-law apartment. Me and Cameron are going to go and get rid of a lot of our things, downsize, hopefully buy an RV and just travel, just travel everywhere. My second mentor actually lives in an RV and has so inspired me. And Cameron and I are just destined to be traveling, traveling the world together. So that is my dream and I plan on living out this dream fairly soon and doing what I want to be doing all the time which is being there to support and help others heal themselves honestly that's my dream and my my first mentor actually asked me this question and I'm curious well I would think that you guys would be interested in the answer as well but basically, how did this conversation go with my partner? You know, so I have been talking about wanting to live in a community and selling the house. I have been talking about that. And I was a little bit more stringent when I was having this conversation with him before. And I had a conversation with him a little over a week ago. And I just told him, I feel trapped. I was literally texting him and he was at work and I was working at home and I was just texting him. I feel very trapped and I, I, I really want to sell the house so that I can do what I want to do all the time, you know? And he was very perceptive or yeah, we'll go with that. He was very oh, receptive to that. And what a freaking relief because this is probably, he loves this house probably even more so than I do. And him being able to give up everything to be with me and to make me happy. Oh, it makes me want to cry right now 
just makes me feel like the luckiest person on the earth. You know, I just feel so blessed and grateful that he wants to join me on this journey. And oh, I'm just so excited for what the future holds. So when I'm talking about grieving, I am talking about letting go of what I knew of the life that I knew, which is, you know, living here and doing what I'm doing. And there's a lot of changes that are happening. And I'm basically grieving all of the changes. And I'm grieving and letting go of the things that no longer serve me so I can make room for the things that do and things that spark joy and fire me up, you know? So that, I guess, is where I wanted to get with that. And where the grieving process, the grieving, I'm, I don't know about you, but I've just been doing so many, so much grieving because there's so many changes that are happening. And of course, everything happens for a reason and just trusting the process and trusting everything is going to be okay has helped me a lot. And crying has helped me so much. I've been, I probably haven't cried harder in the last week than like ever before. And it's just making room for all these new changes. And I'm just so darn excited to go on this journey and take you guys with me and oh, should be good stuff. So yeah, please, please message me what you think about this episode. And if you're grieving, I would love to be able to support you. And I'm here for each and every one of you. And I love all of you. If you're meant to be listening to this, if you're listening to this, you're meant to be listening to this. And thank you so much for letting me take up how much time, an hour of your time to talk to you guys. This is really healing for me and I hope that it heals you guys as well. And I hope everybody has an amazing day or night wherever you are. And I love you guys so, so much. Thank you so much for listening.